overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hey, Laura. Hello. Good evening. You're getting better and better. I, I feel like just the less I say, it's better. Like the less is more thing feels real true with my introduction abilities. Well, we are about to record our third episode of our mid-season, did it. Mid, mid-season, mid-season man sessions. And um, Now can you say his name correctly? I think so. It's, it, it, it's, it's Dave Yarbrough. 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 Hi, Dave. <laughs> is it Dave or David? I would never assume da- to call you Dave. David. It's fine. Either okay. one. Either one's fine. I, w- okay. I would presume to call you Dave. <laughs> okay. And she did. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dave, Dave Yarbrough is um, the husband of one of our very favorite people, Mary Yarbrough. So yes. we are so thrilled to have you here, Dave. And an elder at our church. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We Correct. Are that means we're legit. If an elder is here. You can book an elder. And this is an elder that I don't feel like we have to super behave for. <laughs> well, hey. Well, he did bring us a, a, a little mini charcuterie board. Yeah. Well, yes, he did. It, he did. We'll post a picture of, of Dave Yarbrough's uh, version of a charcuterie board. And wow. I did. I made a joke about it, and he said, well, this is our dinner most nights, so you're already my people. We call that snacky plate in our house, and that's what I send my kids for lunch almost every day, like a meat stick and a cheese stick. And there you go. Make it happen. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you. And I, I enjoy having guests that I know, and I would say I might even enjoy more having guests that I don't know very well and don't know much about. And you were joking before because we always have to reference back our conversations before From pre- previously you were joking before that sometimes Mary gives you a hard time about um, telling long stories, but that's what we want here. We want to hear your story from the beginning to now. Wow. Is this part one of the interview? It is, yes. Well, we can make this a five parter. No, it needs to be a 12 parter. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, tell us, start with part one and we'll see how yeah. far we get. No, I, you know, I grew up uh, in this area, so it's uh, anymore in, in Texas. Uh, a lot of more people are coming in from outside of Texas, mm-hmm. uh, like you came from. Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, I grew up right here in Richardson. Right here in Richardson. Mm-hmm. See, that's 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 rare, though, don't you mm-hmm. think? Yes. And so. Laura knows I'm, a lot <clears throat> of people, Dave. I'm sure. Don't the, go to Target looking looking. Unfresh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so my uh, great-great-great-grandfather was William Saxey, so they, they were natives of this area. and so Of, uh, of Saxey, Texas? Right, right. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and so, um, again, I'm not going to go back to, you know, when, uh, to Genesis 1 on this, but I'm just saying that that's how long I've, I've been in this area. And, uh, He's name dropping Saxy. I mean, well, if you got family that has a town named after him. Well, yeah. And then uh, we used to, we lived in Rowlett, uh, which is next to Saxy, mm-hmm. and we were there before Lake Ray Hubbard. And please do not look that way. Wait, <laughs> hold on uh, a second. Wait wow. a second. I yeah. okay. You're blowing my mind. Yeah. Now I know there's a ton of man-made lakes in in in. Texas, but you're saying you lived in Rowlett before Lake Ray Hubbard? Yes, and I didn't make the lake. It had no, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't even know that, like, was Saxy even a thing? Bef- no, it, was, it wasn't, a, th- it wasn't okay. a thing, and neither was Rowlett. I mean, <clears throat> it had a little small school in, in downtown Rowlett. Well, I, I told Dave he looks like he's 32 years old. When did this all happen? In 1990? Uh, <laughs> yes, about that. <laughs> 
So, uh, you know, I, so I grew up in that area, and then we didn't have a school district. In fact, Drew, who is our worship leader at our church, graduated from Rowlett High School. Oh. And so Rowlett didn't have a high school when I went there, so we were consolidated into the Garland Independent School District. And wow. so I graduated from South Garland. How long was your commute to school? It wasn't wasn't that, it really wasn't that far. Okay. It's like you know ten minutes. Oh, so there far. wasn't traffic back then. Yeah, they hadn't invented you. We just it drove yet. through where the lake is now. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. In fact, I just had my fiftieth high school reunion just this uh, last year. Wow. wow! So they changed the name of our high school. They uh, from South Garland Colonels to the South Garland Titans. Did and you attended your fiftieth? Uh huh. I did. Wow. Yeah. That's super fun. So. Anyway. So how long did you live in Rowlett? Uh, until I went to college, so okay. so until I was eighteen, and then I went to Stephen F. Austin in in Nacogdoches, and that's where I met Mary, and and we got married there. Yes, we we <coughs> heard about that on Mary's episode, the missionary mm. dating. You were you were a missionary dater. Uh, well, I guess so. I, I was a <laughs> when I met Mary, I was a fifth semester freshman, and she was a first semester <laughs> freshman. So that. that gives you an idea, <laughs> and. Uh, and so, but I had just spent the summer before I met her. I, I sold Bibles door to door in South Carolina, and you were uh, literally a door to door Bible salesman. I was door to door Bible salesman. Have you ever read that um, uh, Flannery O'Connor uh, short story, "Good Country People," about no. the Bible salesman? No. Okay, you need to read that. Okay. It's a Bible I, salesman that steals someone's prosthetic leg. Oh, Did you ever do that? That doesn't no, sound I, like good no. country people. <laughs> no, it's not. It's an ironic, ironic name. I had a I had a different experience than that. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us. So, when did you come to know the Lord? Well, that on my my summer on the book field. Basically, oh. when I grew up, I grew up in the First Christian Church of Rowlett, uh, and uh, I really had the faith of my family, which most people do when they grow up. Uh, and then you end up having the faith of your friends and. Uh, in high school, that, that's a little bit uh, sketchy at times. You never mm-hmm. know what type of faith you're going to have. And um, mm-hmm. and then so when I went to college, I really didn't didn't spend much time going to church. I spent more time doing college things. And, until uh, your fifth semester. Until my fifth, <laughs> yes. And so then I went to, I always wanted to work in another state, and uh, I thought it would be fun. And I met some, I only went to the library one time in my first five semesters, and I met a guy in the library. He said, would you ever like to work in a different state for the summer? And I said, yeah. So I went to uh, 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 an interview for it, and so I decided to go to. Was to, the state Hawaii? No, uh-huh. it was uh, Alabama. Alabama, mm, almost as exotic. Almost yeah, exactly, as exotic. Exactly, and so. Uh, so you were just kind of up for anything. I was, and then then so I went there, and so they were about. Uh, 20 Christian guys uh, that were on the team, and then they had three other guys that were like me who maybe thought they were but weren't. And uh, and so they did the Christian thing. They put all of us together in, in one place to live, and they all lived in another place. Oh, okay, good. good. <laughs> and, but they so were all really, mentoring there. They were all really nice. I mean, you typically, you know, people want to be around people that are like them, that they know, and I understand that. And so, um, so anyway, we. Uh, uh, the, we would have meetings on the weekend uh, and talk about how our week went. And somebody left a four spiritual law booklet on the on the table, uh, and um, and I read it and I uh, really realized that I had not accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I knew about God, mm-hmm. knew about Jesus, but I needed to not only have the faith of my family or my friends, I need to own my own faith. So I accepted Christ the the my summer on the book field when I was in uh, Alabama. Wow. And um, so that's, that's basically when I came to know the Lord. How did your life change after that? Uh, pretty dramatically. Um, uh, the next week I had a wreck in my car and I, and, uh, Thanks I had, God. <laughs> so, you know, I think that, Just you kidding. Know, I he think doesn't you have cause some, bad things. I think you have. We keep bringing up like the, the these like smite kind of things. <laughs> we are kidding. We are very sarcastic. <laughs> yes. So, so, so the, um, uh, and then just I really learned how to trust God early on when things get difficult, and uh, sometimes that's when He teaches us the most. And uh, and so uh, my territory uh, started outside the city limits, and uh, the uh, of the town that we were in in Green. It was in, actually in South Carolina this summer, the first summer, uh, and. Um, so I had to walk to the city limits before I could start selling Bibles for the day. Wow! And so I, I, I 
wore out about four pairs of shoes in the first month because my car was being fixed. So, um, and we worked 80 hours a week and started at eight in the morning and worked till 10 at night. And, uh, it was really a great experience. And, uh, um, anyway, I just, you know, learned how to trust the Lord, you know, didn't have a lot of socialized times, social times. So I spent a lot of time reading the Bible, listening to tapes and, and things like that. You know, back in those days, you would get the, you know, the little cassette tapes, you know, like Chuck Swindoll when he was out in California at the first evangelical free church. You know, in fact, I, years later, I would, uh, when I went to California, I would go to his church out there. Oh, wow. So, he's here now, anyway. right? Yeah, he's in Frisco. Yeah, he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I don't, this is, this is going to be an edit alert because this is just off topic as I'm sitting here sipping on the, on the, the wine charcuterie board <laughs> the wine that dave brought i know i dropped my i dropped my um, meat stick that dave brought me under the under the oven and when i pulled it out it was covered in dog hair mm-hmm. so I, that so I'm, I'm done with that but um i i was i i'm like this is like this is to mary yarbrough i feel like when dave is thinking that he has to bring snacks to my house that it feels like maybe mary told him about the time that i served served her red beans and rice and as le- like leftovers for my family, we had that for lunch. Mm-hmm. And I realized before Mary arrived that um, my family had picked out most of the sausage. And so I was out of Andouille sausage. And so I cut up hot dogs and put it in oh, the beans and rice. I'm telling you, it wasn't bad. But now I feel like maybe Dave felt like... He was going to be served red beans and rice starring hot dogs. Well, that does explain why they were wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm struck by how um, quickly you wanted to engage in a relation, a close personal relationship with God, so much so that even when something really crappy happened, mm-hmm. you wrecked your car, you were able to try to shift your perspective and see purpose in that. Well, the interesting thing is that, uh, and I didn't know any of, of this at the time, I did have a community of believers around me. And I think that's why even today, community is my passion because it's, you really do need other people to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the worst thing that you can be involved in is isolation. You just, you don't want to get isolated because you can lose perspective very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that helped me a good bit. And then I would go to church on Sunday. I got involved in a church in, in the town that I was in and uh, started giving my testimony uh, almost every Sunday in a different church. And uh, so that was good. This is while you're still in Alabama. Uh, the, the, actually, I said Alabama. The Alabama was where I was the second year. Okay. It was South Carolina. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Now, this is also off topic, but kind of in in topic with like your community slash just just if your your pers- personabil- or personability personability is that I, we can make it a, a thing it I don't, means not being personable yes, I, he if, does have personability for sure. if that's a word <laughs> dave's got it mm-hmm. right. copyright um yeah that's right <laughs> but dave uh, uh i meant to say this whenever you were you were presenting um choice a choice b um of the wine that we opened tonight but th- when we went to to dave and mary's for a dinner party pre-COVID. Um, so this is this is recent times, not back when you were kind of stalking their house. Not when I was stalking their house okay. before I knew them, but just, you know, okay. like sometimes periodically showing up at their house. This is like... That's a callback to a previous podcast episode. That's right. You should check that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what that's a reference to? I don't. Just keep it to yourself okay. and circle back on okay. me. If you want to know what that's a reference to, you can ask me later. Um, but... No, this was probably 2018 or 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, when we went over to David and Mary's, um, David made us choose our wine glass. He has like a collection mm. of fun wine glasses. And so we had to choose our wine glasses. And then at dinner, we each had to tell why we chose that wine glass. So, Love it. Yes, right. It, which is uh, um, on brand for a seven, even though David doesn't like to be locked into an what did he call it? Enemagram. Enemagram. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to be locked into an enemagram number, mm-hmm. but it was on brand for a seven. And then mm-hmm. tonight, when he brought the wine, he went. He 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 was he was making a game of choosing the wine, and we both chose abstract. So you you didn't tell us what 
like what that meant or the meaning. No, he did. Oh, he did? Yeah, because the other one was called prisoner and he said, good, I'm glad y'all didn't choose it because I did not want to be a prisoner here tonight. But, oh, but was there, but, oh, but there wasn't anything in particular about the abstract then. It was just that we didn't choose the prisoner wine. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. If both of you would have chosen prisoner, I would have left immediately. He was a a flight risk. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Okay. So... You did South Carolina. Yes, and then, and then you came, did came, Alabama. Now I came back to okay. uh, to college, okay. my fifth semester. At Stephen F. Austin. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't do all the things that I did before when I was there for the first, you know, four semesters, and 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 really had to develop new friends, mm-hmm. and um, and so I did, and and through that process, I got involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, mm-hmm. which I guess is now called Crew, mm-hmm. and um, that sounds cooler. Mm-hmm. I guess it does. And so we, uh, you know, just, and then I had, again, had community on campus and it really uh, influenced my life tremendously. So you knew going back, this is going to be different. I feel different. I've got to make different choices and surround myself with different people. Because, you know, my first uh, four semester, obviously I made very poor choices. He probably would have hung out with us our freshman year in college. Solidarity. So, <laughs> so, so I knew that I needed to make some changes, and I just uh, was motivated to do that. And I think the Lord, you know, through the Holy Spirit that lives in you, at that uh, once you accept Christ, that makes all the difference. And I got involved at Grace Bible Church in Nacogdoches, which uh, one of the and the um, uh, their pastors all came from Dallas Seminary. So that began my lifelong, uh, you know, involvement or association with Dallas Seminary and. Uh, um, Anyway, so that's that's where I went to church, and then was involved in Campus Crusade, and, and then the next year I met Mary when mm-hmm. she came. To, or that that fall or the next fall, one of the I met Mary. And I I'm curious. Uh, it's interesting to me because because you know, uh, Lori Michael, who was my roommate mm-hmm. in seminary, worked with Mary, and I'm just curious. Like a lot of the a lot of the jobs that the seminary students had were lined up with companies that wanted to hire seminary students. I'm wondering if Lori, yeah, um, I'll have know. to ask Mary that, but I, I wonder if that's a connection. Could be. I don't know. So you came back and you met. So I met Mary. I, w- I was in the, uh, I, I saw her on campus and, and I didn't know who she was. And so I just went up to, and, and, and I said, excuse me, may I ask you a question? And, uh, and, I, and she said, yes. And I said, uh, what's your name? So she told me Mary Orr. And I thought she said Mary Moore, and uh, so I went back. And back then, you had the girls' dorms and the boys' hold dorms. Hold up, hold up. We're going to have to pause the story. Okay. You saw a girl on campus. I'm guessing that it, it wasn't you going. She looks like a godly woman that drew you to her. You thought she's cute, and mm-hmm. you went over and you said, "Can I ask you your name?" Yes. And, and that's all you did. That's all I did. And then you were like, "Okay, thanks." That's it. And so and she, she dropped that's a baller her, she, move. She dropped her. That's a baller move her, right there. Dropped her knees and was like, "Holy Spirit!" No, <laughs> no. So she. So I basically, I, you know, called the dorm. Now, now the you know, if a, somebody calls a dorm looking for somebody, they think they're a stalker, right? So, but sure. uh, no, they're on Facebook doing all that. Now. Well, I guess they are. So uh, anyway, I, the first person I called was Mary Moore because I th- misunderstood her last name. And of course, and so we went out for three or four weeks. No, we did not. I'm, I'm totally kidding. We did not. We did not. So, so I, I realized it wasn't the right person, and because she didn't remember meeting me at the, in the student union, and so uh, I, um, uh, the next day I saw her. I said, "Excuse me, could you would you mind spelling your last name?" So she spelled it for me, and then I called her that afternoon. I said, "Would you like to go out and get a cup of coffee and a?" hot apple danish and so she did and uh, and so it was she said that was the first time she'd ever been out for a cup of coffee because she was in that first you know because she was 18 yes uh, yeah (laughs) that's pretty much uh and um and so anyway uh, that's how we met and and i gave her the same four spiritual law booklet that uh you know it's the only game i had at that point so i just it's a good game and um and so she, and she accepted christ after that so oh man and so we and then we we got married about a year later and we've been married for really um, it was that quick yeah about so we've been married uh, 47 years and so I talked to my neighbor the other day. He's been married 55 years. He says, you know, Dave, the first 50 years are the toughest. 
hit that 51 and you got it made. <laughs> I'm just trying to get over that up. <laughs> yeah, she seems real tough to be married yeah. to. Well, it, it, you know, all marriages are, are a little bit different than, they, than you see. Uh, I think that finally I've, I mean, there's no question. I mean, uh, I know that both of you have been married long enough to know that. And, and I, but I think the thing about it is that you, if you can, uh, you have a relationship, number one, that's important. And you, you learn how to laugh together. Mm-hmm. You learn how to cry together and you learn how to get over things together. Cause mm-hmm. uh, what happens is when you can't get over things, that's where you, oh, it really develops a, you know, a foundation of, of a lot of bad things. And so we've been able to do that, and I think that's been good, and been able to forgive each other. Yes. That practical uh, application of, of, I mean, there's a theoretical idea about what forgiveness looks like, right. and then there's the practical application of, mm-hmm. and and there's big stuff to forgive, and there's little right. stuff to forgive, but right. it is an active practice and choice Right, all and, the time in marriage. Right, and and uh, I guess it's a like any other lifelong sport. You you, you don't ever get great at it. You Never always perfect. have to, you always have to practice, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so so we're still practicing, and mm-hmm. and it's uh, but it's it's I'm very fortunate. Yes, I, one time Annie Annie shared um, a story about a forgiveness about having to clean up raccoon poop for somebody mm-hmm. else. <laughs> And it's the the story is a very good story, and it sounds kind of petty, but I I was I've I've told Annie multiple times like I'm so glad that you shared that story, uh, like uh, about like forgiveness because for me I feel like I ha- I I do a better job at for- forgiving big injuries, mm-hmm. but those like cleaning up raccoon poop for somebody else, yeah. That kind of stuff I can I can harbor resentment mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. I that's the that's the stuff that's hard and that I I think we talked about that when we talked with Kaylin and Kyle um, about uh, just how like the fights that we've had in our marriage mm-hmm. have always been primarily petty things like the things that really get, that that really got the worst were always like these just dumb you know just dumb well things. and I think that's truly when you're not when there's something big that hits, it is sometimes, it's harder to forgive, but you're more intentional with your forgiveness. Yes. When there's the little stuff, it's easy to get really reactive and stubborn and and forget that, oh yeah, God forgives me for lots and lots of li- little stuff. he always <laughs> does that. But yes, <laughs> why can't he just put it back in the thing or, you know, whatever, so... I, I do think that forgiveness can be less intentional um, and, and when it's little. Dave, can you tell us about a time when um, the rubber hit the road with your faith? Yeah, I can. I think that uh, hopefully it hits the road every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the, uh, yeah, I think that um, there's multiple, you know, in 47 years of married life and 50 years of being a believer Hmm. I think there's multiple times but I think that probably the most significant for us is we're at Dallas Bible I guess we've been at Dallas Bible for 28 years something like that Um, and um, when we moved over here we uh, I'm sorry to interrupt I just think that's really special Hmm. and and I understand that that sometimes people feel God leading them to different churches but just like 47 years of marriage right. takes a lot of work and commitment and forgiveness, 28 years at the same church requires a lot of the same stuff. Well, I think so. We we, we did step away from Dallas Bible whenever uh, Hal Habecker was our pastor, and, and we were very close with Hal and Vicki and their kids for years. We served in the youth group for a, a, lo- a long time, probably longer than we should have, but we enjoyed it. And, uh, and I was served as an elder before back in those days. And um, I've always been a traveler, so my, my job has taken me really all around the world. And so it became very difficult to be an elder when I wasn't here a lot. So I stepped away from that. And so whenever Hal retired, uh, our kids uh, both were married 
And so they went to other churches. And so we decided that we would take uh, some time off and worship with our kids because they were now adults and married and some mm. had kids. And so we went to three other kind of mega type churches in, in uh, the area. And, um, and, and really, we just never really felt like we fit in at, at those, those places. And so, um, and our kids still, you know, stayed at those, but we, uh, we came back to Dallas Bible Church because it really fit us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a hard time getting into community at the other, other places. And so, which has led me to a passion that I have at Dallas Bible is, is to help people get into community because mm-hmm. as I look at my whole story, uh, you know, community matters mm-hmm. and church matters. You know, and and, and, we hijacked you because we were asking you right, about a time right, right. Uh, that a, a time that you felt um, the rubber hit the road. Okay, so uh, I was. Um, we were, you know, the um, first part of our our married life. I I, um, I did uh, really well, and uh, I, I had an issue of of pride, and I didn't really know that pride was my problem. I really thought that was other people's problems, and and uh, and I I guess uh, and I thought I could fix people. That should be a good indication that you've got a pride problem if mm. you think you can fix people, and um, and so I really felt as though I didn't have any problems. I helped people solve theirs, and and that was really something that was going on, and it, and a lot of good things were happening, but I didn't realize that that was not the right way to do good things, and. Um, uh, and I, I, I don't know if I was trying to earn my uh, place in the world. I don't know what the what the reason was, other than I was prideful, and uh, and so I think that really affected our marriage. Uh, and and I, I was a, more of a talker and not a listener, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not a usually a good position to be in. Yeah, and, I think the Bible suggests something about that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you kind of want to use uh, your. Your mouth and the ears and your ears in the proportion they were given to you, <laughs> and, and that's sometimes hard to do. My, I had my my little cousin Garen. Um, whenever we would tell him no, when he was when he was little, he's probably like ten years younger than me. But when we would we would tell him no, he says, "I don't like it when you say that to me." Right. <laughs> sometimes feel I that. feel sometimes I feel like that because I'm a talker too. I don't. I I, th- I think what you're saying is true, but it's like, oh gosh, that, I don't like it when you say that to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, so I was involved in the uh, the I've always been in the apparel business and uh, and not so the apparel mart, which used to be it's, I don't think it's even there anymore. It's part of Parkland Hospital, which mm. uh, anyway. Uh, the I was on the board of that, and, and and through that you get to meet a lot of people in in Dallas that that uh, maybe you would normally get to meet, and uh, especially if you came from Rowlett before the lake, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and um, the uh, and then I got on the, on the board of uh, uh, the um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was mm-hmm. always involved in that, and then I was a chair of the Tom Landry Golf Tournament, wow. and which and and. Other things, it doesn't really matter. And I was on the board of Dallas Bible, so I was like, you know, those those type of activities, which really fed more of the things that I felt as though that I was good at and that I was, you know, could kind of fix people. And um, and and really, God had to break me in order to to get me to realize that I, it was not my job to fix people; it was His. Mm-hmm. And He was not looking for me to be independent; He was looking for me to be dependent. And uh, it took me several years to learn that, you know, as you, you know, read through the Bible and, you know, you see the difficulties that people had and it's, you know, three years, seven years, or, you know, you look at, you know, three times seven years, it's 21, you know, all those things. Well, it's just, it's now been about 25 years of, of, of God really teaching me that, I'm, I'm, uh, of how to be dependent. Uh, I've, I've often said, I, I think I'm glad that in, in America we have Independence Day, but I think we should have another day that mm-hmm. says this is Dependence Day, because that's really where the power comes now, from. Now, did you just did you just learn this um, dependence on the Lord from just like kind of you know Bible study and um, and and just you know your your obser- your your astute observation of the Bible? No, I'm I am not. Did, I'm not astute at all. I'm, or I'm, did I'm, you experientially before? Uh, or were you experientially forced into learning dependence? Oh, of course. I mean, there's no question. There's there's. A reason I think it, my Christian life started out with wrecking my car. <laughs> God's like, I can't whisper to this guy. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna have to yell at him. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. 
So how does anything stand out as a moment where you were like, I have a pride issue? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I think that, um, first of all, I had a, a board meeting one time uh, with, you know, again, Coach Landry, Don Carter, who sold the Mavericks to uh, Mark Cuban and other people, uh, guy head of the Baylor hospital system, and did some very important people. And I was not important. It certainly wasn't as important as I thought I was. And um, had to really tell them that I, I was wrong, you mm-hmm. know, for my motivations. And uh, and I, you know, quoted um, some verses out of Psalm 51 of how uh, David, after he had sinned with Bathsheba, that um, he said, you know, uh, sacrifices are not what you're looking for. Because uh, if you were, I'd bring them. Mm. What, you're, what, what you want, Lord, is a broken and contrite heart. Mm. That's incredible. And really hard to say. Well, it is, especially when you, you think that you've, you know, you're among some fairly... You know, significant people, and you think you're significant, and having to to um, humble yourself before that is is it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. So that was that would be one thing, and then uh, I think the second time, the second thing that that was difficult is doing that with my family. Mm. So those would be the two primarily primary ones. I had to say to Mary and the kids that uh, I had to say, I need you. Mm. I think as as men, we want to prove to our family that they need us. In reality, they do, and God provides for them in that way but what he wants a, a husband to do is is be dependent on him mm-hmm. and call his family to do the same mm-hmm. yeah and it's really hard to admit to limitations no oh, it is it's hard to i think it's very vulnerable to acknowledge a mutual needing because it, it you you feel exposed mm-hmm. and especially when Pride is your thing, which I completely relate. Um, it's easy to create this narrative in your head of like, I've got this, I'm doing well, like I've got it all figured out. I could do this by myself. I don't, I don't have needs. I mean, I have friends that tease me regularly that um, it's really hard for me to accept help and all of that's from pride. I may have a friend in this room that asked me what I might need to walk to Jesus this week, <laughs> uh, lay down at the cross. And you experienced that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what's ironic about it, and I don't know if I'm using ironic in the right way, but what's meaningful about it is that really... It's like rain on a wedding day. It's right. It is. Um, <laughs> that's someone who was there before Ray Hubbard is not going to get that reference. Are, um, you not, are you not catching my reference, David? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's from an old song. When we were in college. Yeah. But what's, what is incredible about it is when you realize I can't, I don't have to be all the things by myself. I don't, this is not about me. This is not about me making myself look good. It's so freeing. Mm-hmm. It, and, and it's empowering. And, and I say that not having experienced it. <laughs> But and and really, it creates a mutual dependence in your family where they trust you so much more, because they know that you're there to serve them, and not to puff yourself up, not to. I mean, that, yeah. like to say that in front of people. I I actually did apologize to um, Jess and Annie this week because I was struggling with some pride stuff, struggling with some like weird I don't need help nobody needs I, anyway and I felt so much better after I was able to say that was my junk and and I do need you guys and I love you guys and um and that was on a much smaller scale probably than you saying that to your family but yeah but I I but I also think like um <clears throat> to 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 
I kind of speak into that. I'm like, it's, it is really hard to acknowledge your need for help. It's it's hard to acknowledge, um, you know, you can't do things alone. But I also think that like, there's an intimacy that comes Mm -hmm. from needing one another. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, sort of, we tease Laura about, uh, about that, but like, like you, you, that there's like like an an element of robbing your friends or your family of loving you, Mm -hmm. um, reciprocal love when you don't allow them to help you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that, that there is, there is something, there is something, um, and, and, and honestly, I, we just read this week, um, is it first, is it first Corinthians 12, uh, that's talks about the body of Christ and how we each have a part in the body of Christ. I believe it's first Corinthians 12, but we were just reading about that this week in our kind of family devotional, how we each have, a, we check, we, we each have a part and, and, um, the, the body needs the body. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's true in, I think that's true in the church. And I think that's true in family units too. It's true. It's, um, uh, Aaron used a, uh, an example of, uh, and I'm not going to use the word correctly. There's this, um, uh, Japanese art form uh, for a bowl where I've, they, I've used that with my, I'm a ninth grade small group leader and I've used that so many times with those girls. I love mm-hmm. it. So where they make a bowl and uh, a beautiful bowl, and then they drop it, and then they put it back together and put gold in it to put the pieces back together. Mm-hmm. And it makes it much more beautiful and valuable. And so I think that and uh, stronger, and stronger. And so I think that that's that's basically what happens is and and the interesting thing is uh, you know that was maybe twenty years into forty seven. Okay, so that's you know it's um, and I think okay I'm done now. Well that's mm-hmm. just not you've arrived. You just you just don't. I mean, I think the, the daily dependence and and learning how to defer instead of demand, those mm. things are all really really hard, uh, because in reality we all want our own way, mm-hmm. and we we have different ways we go about getting it. Uh, but what if our way is the best way? Does that make it okay? Uh, if it <laughs> if, if it's you, it's okay. Okay, thank you. I thought I was an exception to that. <laughs> exactly. We all we all feel like we are, though, don't yes, we? It's it's absolutely. an amazing thing. We like to reference like previous conversations and also um, that time that we did the Beth Moore Breaking Free Bible Study mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reference the Beth Moore yes. Breaking Free Bible Study because David, your your story about that From three years ago, I think it was now Japanese bowl with the gold. It made me think about um, Beth. Beth Moore was talking about in that study about her husband, and um, at at one point, like he, I guess he was like referencing like some trauma from his past or or something like that, where he he said to her, "I wonder what I would have been, what I would be like if I didn't have that as my mm-hmm. history." You know, if if that hadn't have been, if that hadn't happened, and I think. Um, uh, she said to, she said to him something really beautiful that to me has been like, just like a salve to my heart. Um, but she said, uh, you're much better healed than just plain healthy. Mm. Mm. And, um, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that, I think that speaks to the brokenness in all of us. Um, the pride in all of us, the selfishness in mm. all of us that, that what God does with us um, as healed is mm-hmm. better than us just being healthy. Yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, his mercies are new every morning. And it's almost like, you know, when the children of Israel were in the, in the uh, they were being fed every morning by manna. Well, they were fed because they needed it, right, to survive. Mm-hmm. Well, we do need his mercy to survive. We just don't know we need it. Mm-hmm. Because we think we're providing a certain amount of shelter for ourselves, but uh, but we need it. We need to humble ourselves every day, and that's so difficult to do. It's it's countercultural, but sure. but uh, but isn't Christianity countercultural? I would say so. Yeah, and so so I, I think that just getting in touch with it is a lifelong experience. It's not like I have not arrived. Uh, I am arriving, and then as Howard Hendricks, a former professor at DTS, used to say, he said, I never say I've learned. I always say I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Because you just, the minute you say you've learned, you have to learn all over again. 
mm-hmm. and God has to break it and remake it. And so, so I just you know trying to I guess the prayer for me is just I would remain humble and dependent because that's really kind of the sweet spot uh, that you want to be in. And really, when you when you're relying on your own strength, you're not nearly as strong as when you're walking in humility and relying on God's strength. Mm-hmm. That feels real basic, but yeah. it's just like yeah. what whatever I have to offer me in any situation is not going to do what it what God can do. So I don't know why I keep going back to white knuckling it through whatever it is instead of depending on what he has to say about it. Right. I agree. And so I, I'm just really, you know, uh, passionate at the uh, Dallas Bible. Uh, we're just really thankful for where it is and how it's evolved through the years of, uh, you know, different people that have come and gone and, and, uh, the different reasons that, you know, there you have, um, people, um, come and the people we have coming now are, are uh, I'm just really passionate about getting them connected in mm-hmm. in our body because David. it's easy. To, I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. No, go ahead. It, it's it's easy to kind of come into a church service, mm-hmm. slip in and then slip out and not really, mm-hmm. you know, have any uh, connection with anybody. And I really it's it's important to to be in community. Going back to the beginning, mm-hmm. can you talk about um, how 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 you and Mary are doing that in the church? Well, uh, you know, of course, Mary, you know, is involved in the uh, women's ministry. Uh, and you, you know, Mary is the is the is the the reason behind this podcast. Did is you she? Know that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Know that. So, um, Mary, Mary had been teaching on a Wednesday night, and um, after after Kristen Poole heard her teaching, um, she posted on the on the women's the Dallas Bible women's page, we have an embarrassment of riches oh. in this body. Um and so anyway, she that's what she was like, you know, basically asking would 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 people like to highlight um what God is doing in the church through the for through the incredible gifts of the women. And she was inspired to say that by listening to Mary teach. Mm-hmm. Oh, well that's nice. And and then when we heard that we're like, oh I got an idea. And by we, you mean you. This is all you. <laughs> by we, I mean us. But yes, okay. But anyway, yes, Mary. Mary was the inspiration behind mm. this the podcast, "Embarrassment of Riches." That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you got you got a good one, David. I, I agree. I mean, there's no question. So, I, how are you and Mary? Kind of, uh, so, Mary, Mary's obviously teaching in, in the women's ministry, but I, connecting people. Building community, yeah, definitely, and then you know, obviously, we're involved in a life group, and I think that's important. Um, in fact, one of our life group uh, members, uh, he's also a, a, an elder, Butch Freeland's in the hospital right now with uh, COVID, oh, no. and we we're praying for him. And uh, we had uh, Dawn over for lunch today, and it was just—it's just really uh, nice to come along uh, uh, beside people and mm. and you know, love them and care for them and. It's just really, really special, and we're praying that Butch will um, do well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway, uh, we do, you know, life group. We do. Um, uh, don't y'all teach or help teach a Bible study, we, or, we, a, or not a Bible study, but a on, on, like a on Sunday, Sunday morning. morning? On Sunday morning, we do a connect class uh, for people that come to DBC. They they may go to discover DBC, you know, and then. Uh, but then what happens after that? You know, mm-hmm. getting into a life group is sometimes not that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, life groups are sometimes closed, and that it's not always a bad thing to be closed. Sometimes they're open, and sometimes that's not always a good thing. It mm-hmm. just depends on getting people in the right life groups important, getting them in the right uh, ABF, Can adult Bible form. Get me away from Laura. Adult. The, I'm just teasing. The Bible studies that we have on Sunday morning, you know, or, or get them into serving either in the children's ministry, the youth ministry, or something, you know, to get them involved and be uh, be in community. Connected. And uh, so so we've started the Connect class where if people come and they want to know, well, what else do I do? And they don't want to jump into a Bible study. They can come in and they can get to know a couple of the leaders in the church and Mary and me and mm. and. Uh, we pray for them, and uh, they pray for us, and it, it's uh, it really has been a wonderful experience uh, to to do. 
uh, over the last uh, couple of years, especially with COVID. We did it for you know for a year with uh, on Zoom, mm-hmm. and we had people in the group that we had never met, uh, which was was awesome. And we're still connected today. In fact, one of them, their uh, uh, kids have a birthday party, their second birthday party this weekend. Oh, fun! So. I could. See, I mean, I think y'all are pretty fantastic poster children for all of that, like that you guys would be very, make it really appealing. Well, do you know what? We really don't. Interesting. I'm sorry to say that, but I mean, I, in my former self, I would think, you know, it would be me. But I, I, I said that to someone the other day. I said, you know what? We don't market this class. Mm. We don't do anything special. We just show up on Sundays and you come. And, and I said, it really is. This is about the Holy spirit. You wouldn't be here unless God wanted you to be here. We wouldn't be here unless we He wanted us to be here. So that's really it. Really gets down to really being dependent and not being. Uh, yeah, I, normally I would like to think I was special, but I'm just not that special. But I appreciate you saying that. Well, I do think you're special, but I think everybody's special. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I I know that David has a meeting tonight, so we want to make oh, sure yes, we get right. him out of here in time for he that. He had some but, phone call with Bangladesh. Yes, but yes. we <laughs> cannot let him leave without him telling us about this feels important yes this feels really important we could ask our options would be we could ask about his like big ask prayer we could or we could ask (laughs) for like traumatic events that god's brought him through no let's not do that i feel like the most important thing is to discuss uh your past halloween costumes That feels like really where we need to. It's going to really wrap everything up with a pretty bow. I think so. David, David and Mary have some pretty epic Halloween costumes. Where, where, did, where did this start, David? Well, it really started with our grand, our grandkids. We have three granddaughters, and how many uh, kids do you have? I don't think we, we have that. two. Okay. Uh, our son Philip is forty-two, and our daughter Elizabeth is still thirty-nine for a, a few mm. more days. Mm. And uh, for a hot minute. And and so and then we have a 13 year old granddaughter Caitlin, an 11 year old Reagan, and a seven year old Blakely. Okay. And so, basically, whenever Caitlin came, we we really have never um, uh, dressed up for Halloween. Uh, I mean, I can't. If we did, it, it was you know, wasn't anything big. Maybe back when our kids were little, but that's been so long ago. We've forgotten what we did there. It was just trying to get them dressed was the mm-hmm. main thing. And, um, so we started trying to do that, trying to impress our grandkids. And, um, and so, uh, we've gone as, you know, different things. Um, I think one year, uh, uh I went as Elvis. Mm, I could see that. Uh, I went, uh, another year I went as big techs. I worked at Dickie's. Uh, so we, I got the big tech shirt, hat and hold my arms up, you know, so. Austin the, Powers. Uh, big, big, well, I did Austin Powers one year. What was Mary for the for these? Uh, uh, well, um, Mary, uh, it's interesting, and, and so uh, <laughs> I was at the costume store one year, and I said, uh, "Honey, I'm trying to pick out our costume. Uh, what?" Um, and I'm thinking I'm going to go as Colonel Sanders this year. <laughs> and so she said, uh, "Okay." I said, she said, well, "What do you think I should do?" I said, "How would you like to go as the hot chick?" <laughs> and she said, "That sounds great." Well, her idea of a hot chick and my idea of a hot chick was. Something different, so I brought her a chicken suit home, you know, and and then I brought me the white outfit, and uh, and so she was uh, the hot chick, and oh, that's great. for about a hot minute too, because it was it was warm. It's, it's not always cool on Halloween. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get in Texas on October thirty first. You never know, but so that year it was warm and it was not good for me. And um, anyway, in fact, I, I remember we went into Cane's uh, that night after because we needed something mm-hmm. to eat, and and. Uh, so the people came out of the kitchen and go, I told you our chicken was better than them. Even Colonel <laughs> Sanders is coming here. You know, so anyway, um, then uh, uh, during the election, I went as Donald Trump. Mm, nice. uh, and I, Did you dye that, that, I, that, that gorgeous mop orange? I did. It was orange. My, so was my face. It was a little <laughs> orange. The little white raccoon. The I did the, the whole oh, thing. The raccoon I did the raccoon I did the whole, I went all, I went all in. Oh, I and Mary went, Mary went as Melania. And, uh, oh yeah. I can see her. She could, she could work that Melania. And then we uh, went one year as, um, uh, Mama Mia. So what, I forget mm-hmm. their names. Um, Abba. The Abba, but the mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and, oh, okay. and whatever. So we dressed up as seventies rock stars. We went mm-hmm. as that one year. 
Um, now I don't I don't want to I don't want to interrupt, but I do I do want to make a little side note. Um, you, you remember how David wasn't want to be boxed in by the enemagram? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I would say that as a as a fellow seven, mm-hmm. David's been diagnosed as a seven by mm-hmm. Mary. Um, but as a fellow seven, one of my mantras is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Mm-hmm. Does, does that feel <laughs> a little bit true about David Yarbrough what? to you, Laura? I mean, I've seen have I shown you my tattoo? I have picture. a tattoo that says that on my arm. No, I mean, I'm, I, 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 no but, but, but I don't but, want to be boxed but, in. <laughs> but based on the way that you like your facial expression, when I said anything worth doing is worth overdoing that landed, I feel like that lands with you. Oh yeah. 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 So not that we would ever want to Enneagram thump anybody. No, it's yeah. it's enemagram. Enemagram. I'm throwing sevens. So I always tell people I'm a I'm a enemagram seven with with a with a broken wing. <laughs> yes. Whatever that means. Broken chicken yes. wing. Yeah, exactly. I think you're seven with a seven wing. Yeah. Um, well, those sound awesome, and I think we're going to need some pictures. We might even need to do a pic collage for the cover. Yeah, of- I think I think there's going to be a pic collage of David and Mary's Halloween costumes for his um, his podcast post. Mm-hmm. Well, David, uh, we are so grateful um, for your leadership in our church. Mm-hmm. We are so grateful for your beautiful and wonderful wife. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast and agreeing to talk to us. We really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. I, I didn't know NPR could be so much fun. <laughs> yes. um, I, I, I like how he just said NPR and he uh-huh. didn't make the other reference. Yes, that he, there may be a Saturday Night Live skit that he referenced. Uh, that might be inappropriate for an elder to mention. <laughs> that might be. Well, it's certainly in, inappropriate for us to try and say because I know I would mess it up. <laughs> thank you guys so well, much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.